Hi to my friends and welcome to today's episode of Forte Catholic. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm back after a week off last week for our family vacation. We had a blast. I'm back much more rejuvenated. I have a great show for you today with Catherine Whitaker. We talk about vacation and the importance of taking a break every now and then, finding some rest. Uh, we also talk about, uh, she, talked, she had a lot of graduations and a lot of things happened with her kids. So we talked about uh, graduations and big life changes and people moving on and that sort of thing. Uh, and then we also talk about uh, marriage and the best advice that we have for young married couple or young couples that are going to be married, engaged couples, because uh, both uh, my wife and I and Catherine and her husband have been uh, sponsors for couples that are engaged and preparing for marriage. So uh, we talk about some of the things that we've learned good and bad through that process. We hope that you enjoy today's show. If you do, please hit subscribe wherever you're listening or all over on our YouTube channel. Enjoy today's show. Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. That is Catherine Whitaker. Catherine, hi. Howdy. Howdy. I been a bit. Like I, I've been saying this a lot with more on Father Anthony episodes, just because his life has been so busy. But you and I work together on multiple projects, and yet we haven't spoken since our last recording because we've been busy. You know, I, my whole family's been falling apart. You've been having graduations and all sorts, all sorts of things. So uh, end of school year, we haven't talked much. So I'm actually I'm very much intrigued about uh catching up with you here i know i've only sent you like 20 emails and i'm like taylor and i'll eventually talk at some point they're all they're all flagged for answer when you return from vacation and i just returned from vacation so i'll email you you back at some point ding 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 (laughs) as they all lot up yeah Uh, no we yeah we've been busy yeah, we, we both had quite a bit. I just got back from vacation, people that are listening. Uh, so the last episode that we ended, I w- was like, uh, I'll be back next week. Actually, I probably won't. I'm going on vacation. We'll see what happens. And you all saw what happened. Nothing got posted last week. But now we're back. I'm going to share about uh, my vacation. But uh, since I haven't talked to Catherine in a while, I figured we'd let ladies go first. And because you, you've you. you have, you know, we, we've all we've established that you and Allison both have like a total combined like 28 kids or something like that. Uh, so you've had a lot going on. You've had school ending and graduations and travels to and from station. You've had, you know, uh, Graduation is there locally. So uh, your life's been a whirlwind. What's been going on? I think the better question is what haven't we done in the last <laughs> 29 <Bunch of> days? <laughs> we, uh, yeah, what all did we do? We had uh, two graduations, so college and high school. We had two sacraments, first communion and confirmation. Um, we had prom, final review, which is like a big military review for our oldest son. It was sort of his last event for um, his time at Texas A&M. Add in about 17 billion concerts, end of year programs, you know, all that stuff. And then the finale, we, I mean, go big or go home was project graduation, which was an all night celebration, which I decided to chair about a year ago. So yeah, pretty much nothing. We haven't really, (laughs) that's nothing. Oh, and birthdays. We had two birthdays too. So why do you, I mean, this is, this is a question as much for me as it is for you, but I want to hear your answer and see if it helps me. This isn't even about the audience anymore. This is just Taylor learning from uh, my, uh, my more wizened uh, co-host, Catherine. Uh, why do you keep saying yes to taking over things? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, that one I felt, so I have this philosophy that it's either a no or a hell yes. If you're just a lukewarm yes, you should say no. 
But that one was a hell yes for me. I had a graduating senior. We kind of revamped the whole tradition and I wanted it to be really good. Our seniors had a little bit of a rocky start to their senior year. Plus, these are like the COVID kids, right? So these were the kids their freshman year of high school. They started and then it got interrupted. So they've had like this weird high school experience and I just wanted to send them out the door with a lot of love. So it was a hell yes for me, which quite frankly, because I said yes to that, it made me way more organized for all the other 18 million activities that we had going on because I've been planning it for so long and I knew that other things had to be done. I'm type A by nature, so I'm a list maker, happy to do it, color code and everything. But it was really good for me because I finally got things in order and then it was nice to stay up. Honestly, it was really fun to stay up all night with 61, 18-year-olds. I know not very many people would say that, but it was so much fun. So what the two main takeaways that I have from what you said are actually the same takeaway, just for two different reasons. The last month, it sounds like you enjoyed going back to high school. You went back to high school. It taught you things like making lists and prioritizing, and it, it kind of was the thing you centered your life around. And then you also liked partying with high schoolers late into the evening. You, you just really enjoyed going back to high school for a year. <laughs> Yeah, thankfully it wasn't my high school. I'm not sure I would go back to my high school, but this one was fun. Um, and plus we had like really cool people. So uh, if you follow Bernini Magic on Instagram, Giancarlo Bernini, he's an amazing magician. He's also a really faithful Catholic. And that's what we kicked the knot off with. And I think it really kind of got, I don't know, I think it kind of got things going off on the right way. So it was a month full of like a lot of joy. And to be honest, I think I only teared up a couple of times. Like truly, Whatever, you like couldn't I figure s- out the magic trick. You're like, just can't figure it out. How did he do it? <laughs> no, trust me. There was one time that I'm like, I'm gonna have to walk out of the room because this is blowing my mind. Like, I can't do this. But oh, um, Carlo's a longtime friend of the show. I think he, I, I think he is so somehow good. both of these things at once. A very good Catholic man, and he does his trick through the help of Beelzebub. Like, there are demons involved. There have to be because he's that good at it. It's unbelievable. It's and I've good. told him this multiple times. I was at like a private house party where Giancarlo performed a few months ago. And I almost punched him in the throat because I think there's there's demons. It, it just has to be. There's no he's other so way good. to describe some of the stuff he does. He's very very. He's talented. good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think when we started to get like the sacraments, I teared up a little bit. But when we started getting into stuff like project graduation, and honestly, I was telling someone I said I was so happy I forgot to cry. Like that's really how it was with both of the graduations. Like we finally hit this really sweet milestone and. Everybody around was so happy. So I was like, well, I'll cry later. And I did. Like, there were a couple of mornings that I just sobbed in my my uh, shower. By the way, if you need to cry, that's oh, a like really good place to do it. <laughs> <laughs> sobbed in my shower. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't say that I was the biggest fan of high school. Um, yeah, no, so much. But this high school experience was a lot of fun. So I really loved seeing my kids be excited about the next thing. You know, what's coming up for them next to close a chapter. And because I think we've had graduates before, granted, it was our first college graduation, but we've done the graduation thing before. And I think so some of the fears are like the unknowns, while every kid is different, it's really nice to know that what's to come is just going to keep getting better. So I keep telling moms and dads of younger kids, like, just hang on, because with each passing year, it just gets sweeter, more fun. They become like these grown human beings who you can have an even deeper relationship with. And it's pretty fabulous. So I think I knew that was coming. But yeah, I'm not sure I could survive another May. My husband and I looked at each other on May the 29th and we're like, okay, I'm just absolutely wiped out. But that was the best month ever. So then we decided instead of doing like 
four different parties. I crammed them all into one and I put a sign out front that said, congrats on it all. So in our house, we had like first communion cookies, confirmation cookies, a graduation cake. Like we had it all. It was so much fun. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, that that yeah. sounds like a blast, but it's, it's also uh, kind of similar on my side where it's it's there has been a lot of excitement and um, you know emotion mostly positive but yes it's like when things come to an end there's usually some tears and that sort of thing um you know we right before i went on vacation we had our uh our baccalaureate mass you know it's like the that you know we have to make fancy catholic words that we you know make the catholics Catholic students learn one last Catholic word before they leave, but especially like the graduation mass is like they're sending off with mass. And um, the way that our school does it is that there's the baccalaureate mass on Thursday evening and then graduate. And that's with all, like all, every school is invited. The public school kids can come and, you know, well, come into nice. the church for the, um, and, and all, and all that sort of thing. But, and then our school graduation is the same place the next night, but I knew that I wasn't going to be there the next night because we were going on vacation. So, I was like, and, and the graduation I have last year's graduating class was probably the closest class that I'd ever been with. Uh, I'd ever been with a class because they were sixth graders when I started. So I was with them oh. sixth through 12th grade. And I, you know, I talked about it all last year around the same time, about a year ago, you know, I was their coach. I was their campus minister. I was their small group leader. I was their confirmation sponsor. I was like, I was kind of everything for better or worse on in their case for them. And then this group of kids, it's like, I, I got really, really close to them. Like I was no longer really like their campus minister or whatever, but I was still primarily their coach, like three of the, three of our big Trek kids, uh, we're graduating. And one of the things that I did when I was a campus minister is I sang for their masses, like for their school masses. Well, I haven't done that in forever. I haven't, it, it's so weird to me. I didn't even realize this, that when I went to go sing for this mass, it is the first public mass that I have sang for, I think since COVID. That's like, a long time. I know I've sang for like three, like private masses, like, like at our three men's retreats or a couple masses at each of our, our men's retreats like three of those but that was for like 10 people in a house it wasn't like a public in a church like i don't think i've sang for a mass since COVID. like maybe i'm just forgetting one but like it like i knew that i was gonna miss their graduation so i was like the gift that i'm gonna give to them is oh, like nice. one like my time and my presence i'm gonna be there for the baccalaureate masses i can't be there for the graduation but I'm going to sing. And it was really cool. I got to sing with some of my like former students. And then I got to, we got to sing, you know, for God, obviously it's mass, but like, like that was my gift to them was to sing for their, for their graduation mass. And, um, it was just one of those things where it's like, kind of like the too happy to be sad thing. Like we had all joked, you know, last month when we were talking about track stuff, like we all cried every tear that we had, like me and this one girl in particular on the team, like do not cry. And like she barely shows emotion at all, and I usually just have happiness or anger. Like those are my two that I kind of go tos, right? But like we we all bawled for for hours after the track stuff, during track stuff, after track. So like by graduation, we're just like, I mean, we had our high, we, we had that. our peak. You're like you know, like now we're coming down yeah. the mountain, we're kind of halfway. You know, like we're, we're we're towards the end of our hike here, right? We're down at the bottom, almost back at base camp, and. um it was it was just one of those things where and like we, we had that and then I went on vacation. We'll talk about vacation here in a, in a bit, but one of the things connected to kind of some the, some of the similar things that you had with graduation is that like there was so much ending, like 
track was ending. The season was ending. These seniors were ending. Our school year was ending. Our kids, my, my kids' school was ending. Uh, we're getting to the end, hopefully, of our kids being in cast. Like, this whole season that we've been in that's been, like, really stressful, like, we're to the end of it to the point where I was just kind of, like, out of emotions, where I was just, like, I'm just, like, generally content, but I wasn't, like, it was really hard to, like, get excited for things or, like, be sad about things. I was just, like, I... I am out. I have run out of emotions. It's and it wasn't like a like like a depression where it wasn't like I was out. Of, I, I didn't even have bad emotions. It was just kind of like, the, congratulations, you graduated high school. It's, I don't. I don't think it's that big of a deal. <laughs> like, <laughs> you did Taylor, it. We I all, hope you didn't say that. <laughs> oh, I did because they're also like that was like this is what we expected to happen. Like we already did the thing that we didn't really expect to happen. We won state and track. That was new. We graduate every kid that comes through the school every year. I mean, like, it's not a surprise. They're like, hey, you did it. You know? <laughs> but, you know, I have this theory. I think that, well, it's just my own little theory here, but I think that over the course of, we'll just use a high school graduation as an example, that there were lots of really poignant moments. Baccalaureate mass actually was very touching for me. Um, and and I had baccalaureate as a, as a public school kid, so I don't think it's unique just to Catholic schools. But I think God gave us like these little moments of pause and reflection that you sort of like, sometimes you choke up and tear up, but sometimes you just pause and think, man, this is really good. Um, yeah. but, but your heart is like super tender. But then when we got to the big thing, like when we got to graduation, I think like you, I don't necessarily think that I was tapped out of the sadness, but I think I was finally ready to be joyful. Like it was almost mm -hmm. like he gave like parceled out moments of reflection so that when you get to the moment where you finally do it, that you're like, gosh, dang it, this is amazing. And we should be like high fiving each other. And so I think that's a real gift that you get towards the end that he sort of parcels out, at least for me, parceled out some of those really tender moments and on graduation day and, and even the sacramental day, like man, I was all smiles. It was so great. I love, I love that you were finally able to sing for them. I think you're a great musician. So that must've been a really special gift for you to give to them. It was, it was really good. It was, it was cool. It was like good, kind of, it felt like a, it was good to be back. It was good to like share yeah. this gift with them to like kind of, it, it was, it was a reminder of like where we all started. Like we all started in this room. It was in the, you know, in the church, it was in this room that we all kind of met and started having a relationship. And then it's where it, this season of it ended right yes. and now it's yeah. it's kind of funny because both of um especially the two girls uh it was, it was one of the one of the things that we have at our graduation is i mentioned the class last year that i was really close with them well they all told me so for some reason the baccalaureate mass is at six on thursday night and then graduation's at five on friday night well i asked the boys which I shouldn't have done, but Bad I asked idea. them last year, what time is your graduation? And they all told me six. So I showed up at six and I'm walking in. What are they doing? Standing on the back steps of the church, throwing their little headpieces, whatever they're called, up into the air. It's like, I was like what are y'all doing? Yeah. They're like, it's over. I'm like, you told me it was six. I'm five minutes early. It's 555. So I missed their graduation. And so one of the things that they do at graduation is they give every senior like four or five roses to go and give to like adults oh, that had an impact on their life. So typically it's like one for the parents, one for like maybe the grandparents or something. And then they'll go give it to like the teacher that was really impactful for their life or a coach or, um, you know, like their confirmation sponsor, like somebody in their family, your friends or family, or whatever. Right. But they get the seniors get to pick the, like the, I forget how many, three, four, five roses or whatever that they get to give out. So 
pretty much every year that I've gone to graduation, I've gotten one. There was one year I didn't, and I was like, I'm going to boycott this. I'm never coming again. If I'm not getting a rose at graduation, what's it even about? You know? So, but like last year, it's like, clearly were, about me. Yeah, 100%. I mean, this is, I work here. I opened the doors. Like, if no one's going to give me a rose <laughs> for doing my job, you know? Um, but last year, like those boys like looked for me during the rose part to like, they come give the rose. They like say, you know, they, the teachers train them. They're like, thank you for this, this, and this. And like, what I find interesting, them. but none of them thought, hey, we told Taylor six, it's actually five. So here's the moral of the story. Ask a girl because they got to get ready and they are definitely not going to miss being right. on time. 100%. <laughs> like that was my mistake was asking specifically yeah. the boys. But yeah. Uh, this year, like I didn't, I didn't tell them I wasn't going to be at graduation until after the mass. So I, you know, after mass, we're all like, we were all standing. It's a cool community, right? And this is kind of the last little thing that we're all doing together or other than graduation. So we're all there for like an hour after mass, you know, back in, in the back of the church or outside the church or whatever. So right before they leave, I said, I called those three over the two girls and the boys. I was like, Hey, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. Like this, you know, I'm sorry. I'm going to miss your graduation. We're going out of town, you know, we, this, for our family vacation. Uh, but this was this, I want to tell y'all congratulations, congratulations. And I had something to say for, for each of them. Right. Like I'm, I'm really proud of you. Right. And, uh, the, the two girls were jokingly mad, but they were like sad. They were like, Oh, like, you're not going to be here tomorrow. Like we were going to give you a rose. Like they told me then, cause they knew I wasn't going to come like both of them. So we would have had our moment on, on Friday. Right. So I was just like, I know I'm not going to be there. I want to tell you now. So I, I got a hug from both of them there. You know, we, we had our rose moment there. Right. And then it was really funny. We, uh, I drive to vacation and we, uh, on Friday evening, sometime after graduation, they both like, we, we've we been in a text thread where it's the three of us, right? It's me. We all have iPhones. So we're just in like an iMessage I thread where it's me and the, they're both named Claire. It's the two Claire's, right? We've been in threads before where, we, where we're sharing little jokes or we're, or we're like, court, like they were like the leaders on the team. So I'm like, hey, I'm, I'm going to be five minutes late. Y'all start warmups or whatever. Um, but what's really funny is they both texted me separately. Like within like an hour and a half of each other, like after graduation kind of had died down, they both texted me an emoji of a rose and said something to the effect of like, hey, I wasn't able to give Aww. you my rose. I'm, get, I'm getting goosebumps. It's just so cute, right? These guys, they're Girls, so sweet. Man. And, the boys didn't do that, did they? Right. Nope. Yeah. The boys were like, you're late. You're an idiot. You know, like, <laughs> I was like, it's your fault. Take some responsibility, you grown up. You know? um, so I, I kind of joked and she was like, you know, thanks for being a good coach, blah, blah, blah. And... Like an hour and a half later, the other Claire texted me an emoji of the rose. I'm like, oh, like Claire, the other Claire must have talked to you about this. She's like, no, I just did it. It was they both separately decided to send me a like an emoji of a rose. And it was like just really meaningful, right? That like it's it's you know, we joked earlier, it was making it about me, but it's like it's their big day. I'm not there. We had our moment the day before, and both of them still were like I'm going to do something nice for for my coach. And I was like, it was just so it was so nice and so affirming for like I mean, yes, like all throughout the year, I sacrifice my time and I and I go and I, I be with, it was just a really nice affirmation of like the impact that I've had on these young ladies. Right. So I then teenagers, they're great. Oh, they're the, they're the best. <laughs> uh, I, we're going to get a we're going to we're going to I'm going to isolate that audio and send it to your kids whenever Wonderful. you're yelling at them. I love teenagers. I love teenagers. Just teenagers are mantra, amazing. You, you could you could pray with it. I love teenagers. I love teenagers. I love teenagers. Just fake it till you make it right. Uh, then it was really funny. Like two days later, I'm uh, I'm making a run to Brookshire Brothers, like the 
it's like it's like any every small town in Texas has a Brookshire Brothers. <laughs> like Walmart has all the big cities, right? But Brookshire Brothers is like we're gonna go everywhere Walmart doesn't want to go because there's like nine people in this town. So I walk into Brookshire Brothers to go get water, or, you know, like a case of water for our vacation. First thing I see is just like a twelve feet long case of roses. So what do I do? I go and I get two roses. I take a selfie and I send it to him. And I'm like, hey, I received the roses that y'all sent. It was just it was just a really cool moment that I got to celebrate these seniors, even even when I wasn't there. And it was just yeah, it was just kind of like, you know, wrapping a bow kind of on that that graduation weekend. But you had one finished college. You've got one off the books. I didn't even realize that. I knew you had a high school one technically not so he's going to graduate school oh um, no what a failure get out of graduate school go make some money kid get off your parents time <laughs> yeah so um technically not although he is on a full scholarship so we oh, are grateful go. for that so but yeah probably two more years before i can really claim one is actually really <laughs> and truly off the books but really proud of him because he's doing what he loves and so it's easier to let them go when you know that they're doing something that they love so he's home for this summer for like another, I don't know, a couple months. And then we ship him off to Kentucky, which is going to be weird. Oh, so, next so he's year, leaving schools. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So we'll be six kids in six different schools next year. But Three different colleges. Have, you'll still have one at A&M, right? We will. Sophomore. Cause you had, yeah, because he just finished his freshman year. That's right. Yes. Um, well, we're going to, when we come back, we're going to talk about my vacation kind of rest and how how good it was it was actually really good everybody's been listening for the last month knows that it was a very stressful month but the most important question is did anybody come back with a broken arm (laughs) they did not they did not and they we we had we uh both kids that had broken arms like couldn't do all the water activities but like they had these little like sleeves you know they look like mega man Mm -hmm. i don't know if people still get that reference but we put essentially like these bazookas around their arms so they couldn't get wet and uh we all we all ended up having a good time but before we get into that, I want to read you something that was a huge affirmation for me that beca- that happened. I got affirmed because of you. <laughs> oh, this is fun. Okay, let's hear it. So I didn't tell you this happened. Um, I'll tell you her name off air because I didn't tell her I was going to talk about it because I wasn't kind of planning on it. But we're in an affirming moment, so why not? Yeah. Uh, she said, hi there. My name is her name. <laughs> she said, um... I'm a silent listener and viewer, but I was listening to one of your recent podcasts with Allison and you briefly mentioned that you were previously feeling some quote, is this all even worth it? Is is this even reaching anybody? Like meaning the podcast. It was during that stressful time where I was like, what is this even worth it or doing anything? Right. Uh, And she said you were feeling feeling those kinds of feelings. And then all these people came out of the woodwork to show support. She said, well, hello, because this is her coming out of the woodwork to show support. I didn't know she existed until she sent me this message. She said, here's me showing support. I'm a very recent convert. I came into the church last month at the Easter Vigil, and I've been and I've been so enjoying your show. I found you through Catherine Whitaker uh, and just started going back and listening to all you've put out. It's nice to find you at episode 330 because there's a lots of backlog that I could go listen to. Uh, and she said, I just wanted to say that you make this feel so tangible and achievable. Uh, it can feel very overwhel- overwhelming coming into this incredibly century- centuries old tradition with so much to learn, but you are so down to earth and it makes me feel true. It makes it feel truly so real. And I appreciate that. I hope you have a fantastic day. And then she said, I'm praying for your kids that broke their arm 
and your vacation. And I'm just like, oh, what? Well, like, that was just nice. completely out of nowhere, just all this kindness. She she throws in a, uh, it was, you know, yes, affirmation for me, but then she just bounces two off to you and to Allison. And I just thought it was so very nice that oh, somebody from awesome. your community is now part of our community and they made my day. Well, so I, you know what? I often say that the people um, that are in like my little blogosphere of the, of the interwebs are just really kind, compassionate, and incredibly amazing people. So I'm glad that one of them reached out to you. That's awesome. Well, the show has gotten a lot nicer since you've been around because the people, the other people that were here before, they were terrible. Just, just, just make fun of me and poke the bear. So <laughs> I still anyway. do that. I just don't do it all here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, uh, we're going to take a little break. Whenever we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about my vacation and some rest and how I very much needed it. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. We have a pretty cool announcement today. Uh, as many of you guys that have been listening for the last year or so know, we started doing Forte Catholic Renew Men's Retreats. Uh, we are hosting them at the two locations that we have access to through our friends uh, over Paul George and, and his ministry at the Art of Living uh, and a beautiful house in southern Louisiana and a ranch house over in central Texas but uh, the cool big news is not only are we doing two additional men's retreats this fall but we are also adding for the first time ever a much uh, asked for women's retreat a lot of times these guys were coming on retreats and their wives were like hey i want to go on one so my wife will be running the first ever forte catholic women's retreat this fall they are all still invite only we're not like sending out like mass uh you know not just anybody is invited but because you listen to the show if you would like to come like if it's if it's one of those things that you would enjoy a weekend retreat and you can make it to southern louisiana uh we have a couple of weekend options this fall just let me know shoot me an email shoot me uh follow us on social media whatever get in contact with us or shoot me an email at taylor at fortecatholic.com we're mostly inviting people from like the texas louisiana area because we know it's easier to get there but even if you live far away and you think you can make it down to southern louisiana we'd love to have you guys join us on retreat this fall so uh again more information fortecatholic.com but uh shoot me an email or a message on social media if you'd like uh, me to reach out to you uh, with more information about the retreats. Thanks. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am Taylor Stroll. That is Catherine Whitaker. And I'm back from vacation. And boy, was it perfect timing. It, I mean, just two and a half weeks of hell. And then just like, hey, we're leaving. For better or worse, we're just dropping our life. And we're going to go to a beautiful lake in the piney woods of Texas. Uh, so this is our like family vacation, which it has been called family vacation since I was a child. So my parents have a timeshare and we like it's in New Orleans, but we essentially traded in and all throughout our life. We essentially were like, wherever we can drive to, we're going to trade in our timeshare and go to, you know, somewhere in Texas or Louisiana or Florida or Arizona or California, like where anywhere we can drive in the summer. And we still call it family vacation, but it's like, as we've gotten older, it's starting to become like a, the early forms. I don't know what point a family vacation becomes a family reunion, like how many people, because it started just with like the core five shrolls, like me, my two sisters and my parents. And then I got married. So we added, or I guess when we were engaged, my now wife started coming. So that was, we've been married 11 years. So she probably started coming on vacation 12, 13 years ago. And then we added a kid and then we added another kid and then we added another kid. So then we had, we went from having two different units to now we have like th four, two unit, two units with four rooms, like one room for my sisters, one for my parents, one room for me and Sam and one for our kids. 
And then my sisters uh, decide that they want to grow the family too. So one of them gets married. And then we have another unit for them. And then my other sister's getting, got engaged and they're getting married in a couple of months. So now they have their unit. So like now, like, what do you, what do you think? Is it fair? Is it still family vacation or is it family reunion at this point? (laughs) That feels like a family reunion. Family vacation is just your nuclear family. Like you, your wife and your kids. That's a family vacation. We when have you start like adding a tick, ticking time bomb here recently, <laughs> and when you add everybody else, that's a reunion because those aren't people you live with anymore. It's if your vacation with people you live with, that's a family vacation. That's okay. my opinion. Well, well Catherine Whitaker has decided. <laughs> that I've this decided. is our family reunion. So uh, we've been doing this every year. So uh, we we tend to go places, especially because we have little kids now. We go places that are relatively close. So like we go to Canyon Lake, which is like a beautiful lake like close to san antonio and then we go to a lake by tyler we go to a lake by dallas and this time we went to it's called lake palace palestine i, I thought Pal- of you cause palestine it's palestine, palestine. I, I, uh, we drove through palestine i thought of you uh we had a lot of people that talked like you over in the piney woods over to, over in east texas um we actually I, I actually texted you a picture of when i thought of you did you remember what i sent you was it the dr pepper it was the, the no. Texas bingo. The Dr. Oh, Robert that's right. The Texas. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think you texted me that on like graduation day. So it was sort of a blur, oh, but I yeah. do remember that now. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, it was like regular bingo, except there was, except harder <laughs> because instead of like having like B one through 15, and then I B 16 through 30, it was just completely random words that had to do with Texas. It was like Astros, Rangers, Piney Woods, Beach, Dr. Pepper, Bucky's. So we thought about you just about every day because we played that Texas Bingo like five of the seven days. Um, but yeah, it was just this beautiful getaway, and we all, you know, it's these it these cabins. Like we had, we had a unit, and uh, and the, like my sisters and their guys had a unit, and then my parents had a unit. And we spent it, we spent the whole time. My dad brings his boat. We go out on the boat. Uh, you know, there's 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 five pools and there's there's putt putt and uh, there's a water park. There's I mean just all the amenities, right? And it's just such a cool place to just go and be, right? So like we weren't like completely off the grid. Like I st- I still did have some work to do, especially towards the beginning of the week. Like just kind of automating some stuff to. I still have clients, <laughs> so I have stuff that needed to go out, but like it was some work, you know, and I still had my phone. It wasn't a complete unplug, but it was like a lot slower pace of life where it's like, instead of having five, six, seven, eight things I need to accomplish at work today, it was like one or two a day. And, you know, one of the, and just kind of like a mindset of like, if somebody, gets mad at me whatever just deal with it i'll deal with it monday when i get back you know, you know? <laughs> va- i often say like vacation catherine is, is summer catherine super fun to be around because the things that really rile her up during the regular year on vacation and when she's on a break i'm like that's fine i'm <laughs> yeah. not worried yeah so you were vacation taylor vacation taylor everything's fine i really was and i think i hit vacation taylor like we left on a friday i think i hit it on like wednesday because i had before. all these plans of like you were like i-35 traffic you started a couple of days before it really <laughs> yeah, got exactly, bad exactly i was like i'm gonna record a podcast for next week i'm also gonna record a catholic perspective video and i'm also gonna record and i'm gonna wow. schedule it all to release while i'm gone and then i was like nah nope. i'm just gonna release old episodes from 2017 again <laughs> you know like <laughs> I got nothing left to give, you know, Uh, but it was it was great. And like on the way there. So I started listening to a book um, called Get Your Life Back 
by John Eldritch. Have you heard? You, you've heard of John Eldritch, haven't you? He's okay. Maybe not. He's bigger with like Christian men because that's like his like main ministry. I don't um, fit into the cat that category. He, uh, but there was a women's one. Have you heard of Wild at Heart? I would imagine your boys heard of Wild at Heart because it, it was really Maybe. popular around the time. Probably like, yeah. So it, it was like a how to be a like growing into becoming a man. It's like a big okay. becoming a like becoming a Christian man. What does it mean? And like you know, okay. there's the world's version of becoming a man, but then like right. becoming a Christian man. It's like uh, John Eldridge wrote like the leading book on that. He's a very popular. He was a, a counselor by trade, but now he's like a cath uh, not Catholic. He's like a non denominational like speaker and like mostly author. And uh, he's written a bunch of devotionals and stuff too. Just like a super holy man that like understands counseling, but also like growing in the spiritual life and what it means he's now now he's old and super nice and just lives out in colorado and writes books that help me in my life right um but um i started reading this book called get your life back and i was listening to it on the way there like on audiobook and it was just very funny that like it's it's all about like our lives are too busy and that we have too much input and we need to take a break i'm like well I'm heading into this week where I have some opportunities to do that because I have been kind of go, go, going. And uh, there was some some stuff from, uh, in the book that really stuck out to me. Uh, he said that in a single day, like just in a normal day of an average American, and I would say I, uh, when it comes to media consumption, I think I'm an above average, if not on the higher side, because... I'm either consuming media that I am producing or consuming media or that, producing, I, that I'm producing content. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, there's a lot of media going in these eyeballs and ears pretty constantly. Right. But he said that we take in 34 gigs, like gigabytes of information or media a day, the average American. And I was like, I mean, I upload 200 a day. <laughs> I download 200 a day just doing work stuff, right? But he was talking about in just on our phones, on what, when we're working, uh, you know, TV, video games, but even stuff like um the radio in the car or like stuff that we see in the car, like our brains are taking in 34 gigs, gigs of information wow. a day. And now uh I have this like I got this computer like two years ago and it was like top of the line because like for video producing video production takes a lot of, uh, computer power. Right. Uh, but before I had this computer, I had the old laptop that's actually right over there that, that, that which is the one I took on vacation. You know what? It can't do very well. Take in 34 gigs of information a day. <laughs> it's your vacation you, computer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> for vacation Taylor. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but you had you had a, a computer you were struggling with that I helped you with about six months ago. What uh, would we call it? Struggle? Or it was just a dumpster fire, Taylor. Dumpster fire, right? <laughs> dumpster fire. So what happens when you give an old computer uh, too much information? It just breaks. Just stops. Done. It's, it starts Finito. going slow, and then all of a sudden, it's just like, yeah, we're not doing this. It's it's, it's not. <laughs> I started being like, what do we Even do? Even if you have it plugged in constantly you're like right. it's still not working yeah especially with your internet but oh back my in those gosh days. Yeah. oh my gosh uh downloading 34 gigs of information would have taken 19 years on your old internet see in 2050 <laughs> uh but now I was, I was thinking about it where it was like okay i my brain works pretty quickly so in in taking this amount of information it's like i feel i kind of feel like at times like this 
maybe I'm being uh, prideful, but sometimes I feel like the new computer. I can take in a lot of information every day and kind of comp- uh, compress it and put it out as something into the world, whether it's literally something like that for media or just like thoughts that come into my mind. I'm like, I'm pretty usually pretty good uh, at taking those things on. But the like two and a half weeks before I went on vacation, the computer started getting, my my brain, that is, started getting overloaded, where it was just like, my brain would just stop functioning. Because it's just like, it's it, it felt like when you open up too many, like, apps or too many browsers on your computer at once and it's just like we can do all of this individually but when you try to do it all at once we're just gonna crash and none of it will work right and that's kind of where i was but then i was i started playing out the the future of this what happens like like this computer it was top of the line two years ago now it's now it's okay and in two three four years it's gonna be time to upgrade again it'll be obsolete yeah right but I don't get to do that with my body and brain. <laughs> so I was like, I need to maybe slow down a little bit and not be taking in these 34 plus gigs of information a day because I'm going to slow down and stop working and combust like your old computer did. No, it's kind of like when uh, when I work out, they always say like you can modify the workout and they always say, listen to your body. I don't think we do a very good job of listening to our bodies. Our bodies tell us. And then like that computer, we're like, no, no, I can, I can do it. Watch me, hold my beer. You know, like we're like, tell everyone. And then we look around and we're like, my body keeps telling me, my soul keeps telling me, and I'm not listening. So I'm glad that you get a chance. I'm glad that vacation, sometimes you have to have like a, a hard reset. Like y'all had a crazy spring, Taylor, full of lots of good stuff and some really hard stuff. But I think sometimes that hard reset um, of a well-timed break um, can do wonders for how you walk into the next season. So I'm so happy that you had that right before you walked into summer. Yeah, me too. And so like these, we were gone for seven days and it took me like a full two days where I was still like kind of on edge and still super stressed and still like still slowing down. Like I literally feeling like my brain, like starting to slow down, like my body started to slow down where I was just like, I can sleep, I can rest, I'm not super stressed out, I'm not constantly going. And it was like, yeah, it was like a hard reset, right? Just like you said, where it was like, it took me, so I I vacationed for five days, but I was there for seven. <laughs> it just took me a little bit to get into it. But um, I feel like, so I, listened, I ended up listening to three hours of this book just on the way there. Uh, and it was funny because I've, I've shared before that like, I I get stressed out when I'm like behind on listening to podcasts that I listen to for enjoyment. Like if they're if they're so more wrong, downloaded, I, I'm very broken. Uh, so like it was stressing me out. But like going to vacation, I had caught up on all my podcasts. Every podcast I listened to, I, I was caught up. So I was like, how many I can do listen you to listen to? Oh, too many. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fifteen or twenty that come out multiple wow. times a week. <laughs> A lot. Uh, yeah, there they are. That is way more than 34 gigs. <laughs> yeah, way more than 34 gigs for sure. Um, but I was caught up and I was like, okay, now I'm caught up on my podcast. So now I can listen to my audiobook. And my goal every year is to listen to 12 books at six that are like, will help me either professionally or spiritually and six for fun. So like, I'll read like a Star Wars book one one month and then like a spiritual, like this spiritual book or like, and then I'll do like a, maybe another Star Wars or like a Witcher or something. And then the next month I'll read like a business book or something. So it's like a month for a month for them and a month for me, right? A month to become a better person and a month to to relax you know, and, and enjoy. Uh, 
But it was very funny being in that moment of like, I need to listen to this book and like kind of like normally I listen to podcasts on like 1.5 to two times speed. But for the book, I was like, this is literally a book about slowing down. So I went all the way down to 1.2. That's as slow as I could go. It, it felt like I was dying. If I listened like, to it at regular. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you listened to it slower than regular no, speed to no, make no. yourself he, really slow down. He's an old white guy in Colorado. then <laughs> you should do. Yeah, that would be terrible. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's. What you just did is how it sounds at 1.2 for me. <laughs> That's funny. But I was listening to the book and I just had to, I had to, um, to laugh because he mentions in one of the first chapters, he's talking about efficiency and that like a lot of us, especially in, because we take in all of this information, we've become very efficient. And, and like I, this efficiency might be one of like the defining words for my life. Like, I'm going to do this so that I can accomplish this. So I can do that. Like the achiever is my number one uh, thing on, on, is it really? Uh, well, com- communicator achiever. Yeah. Th- those are communicators like my number four, but yeah, achiever is my number one. So it's like, it was, it's funny when you were mentioning all this stuff, it's like, I need a checklist. I'm like, me too. We're saying yes too much. Me too. You know? <laughs> uh, but he's talking about efficiency because we take in all, all in, all of this information, which is five times the amount of information that Americans took in 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 the year 1986. <laughs> you don't even know when that was because you weren't even born yet. I anyway, wasn't there going. yet. Uh, here it was a slower time. Shut um, up. Keep going. But the question that really got me is he said, is my goal for efficiency eclipsing the love that it was meant to serve? Is my goal for efficiency eclipsing the love that it was meant to serve? So it's like, I didn't come out of the womb three years after the year that we just mentioned. I didn't come out of the womb being like, I need to be efficient and accomplish this today and get these eight podcasts out and then listen to these eight so that I don't get behind and then play this video game so that it doesn't get spoiled for me before my friends play it. And then watch this TV show so it doesn't get spoiled before. I I have to be first to do everything. I have to win this. And it's like, I didn't come out that way. So Mm -hmm. what happened, right? And the efficiency... I feel like my efficiency is a very good tool that I use to be successful in my life. It is not a bad thing. It is not a detriment, right? Like I am, because of my efficiency, I'm able to do all the work that I do and help the people that I help and be a decent Catholic husband, father, uh, win a state championship in track and help my kids through their tough times. Like I'm able to do all that because I'm efficient. But then... I hear this sentence that I'm going to read again because I feel like I'm not alone in this. Is my goal for efficiency eclipsing the love that it was meant to serve? So like, why did I become efficient? It's so that I could, like, and work stuff, so I could be successful, so that I could do more, so that I could make more people happy, so that, so that more people could hear good Catholic media, so that more people, why did I hone my craft? So that more people could hear a decent Catholic podcast, so that more people could hear a decent Catholic speaker, so more people could hear uh, decent Catholic music that helps them have a connection with God. Like, I got very efficient so that I could do all of these good things, but sometimes I, we agreed that my... <laughs> So much of my efficiency, you literally called me crazy like three months ago or three weeks, three, three minutes ago. I mean, three minutes ago. And I said, I'm broken. And there's it, it at some point, my need for efficiency eclipsed what should be my priorities of like loving the people around me or loving. I think the person that 
suffers the most from this is myself. I think my efficiency, my brain has tricked my body where you said, like, listen to your body earlier. I can't listen to my body because all my body wants to do is sit in that sofa and eat DoorDash and watch this TV where my brain is like, no, work, 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 work. And it's a constant battle between my body and my mind. So uh, I just threw a lot at I just threw uh, 34 gigs of information at you. What do you think? Well, I mean, that was a lot, Taylor. I mean, I think, I think this. I think sometimes we are more open to change when we, um, when we bottom out. In other words, like you had a really intense spring, and so you went from super, super, super intense to bam, hard reset. But I think that you're more open to how you can change because it was so intense and then sort of God enters into that space. And I think we open ourselves up to listening and being like, you know what? I literally just walked out of all this stress, all this hard stuff. And now I'm walking into this goodness and like, I need to find better balance. And I think, I mean, I was that way last May, quite frankly, Taylor, I was in um, the darkest, hardest hole since our son was in the NICU 13 years ago, um, on the verge of depression. I was, ha- I had my very first panic attack, which was frightening. And, um, and I remember looking at my husband, he's like, I think you need to get some help, but I would never have been as open to it until like I hit this wall and I needed to be like, okay. And I, we completely reset our summer and we did absolutely nothing except to go to the pool and read books. And I logged off social media and it was one of the best summers of my life. So, and I am by nature an activator, a doer, a list maker. I am my worth sometimes is tied up into my accomplishments and things that I can get done because look at all these things, Jesus, like surely you're proud of me. And instead he was just like, dude, Catherine, you need to slow that roll down a whole lot. And <laughs> I'm I'm not happy that those hard things happened to you, Taylor, but I'm grateful that you didn't waste the lesson of the hardness and that you look around and you say, How can I love people better? And I think that's a question that we should all be asking ourselves. And, and it was interesting because, like, I, I've known for a long time that, like, I, I fill my life with noise. Um, one, because I like it. And then two, probably because I'm avoiding some things, right? Like, one of the other stats these shares is that sirens, like ambulance, police, fire, uh, fire trucks, their sirens have gotten six times louder since that same year, 1986 just to cut through the noise, just because we're all listening to something. We all either blaring something in the car or literally have you know, AirPods in or whatever. Um, we're, we're like, I knew that the right thing was, hey, I need some silence. I need some time for prayer. I need some time for just silence for the sake of quiet, right? But like, I didn't want it because when, I'm, when my brain's going a thousand miles an hour, Silence sucks because then it's going a thousand miles an hour and it starts going in different directions instead of being focused on one thing. Like when there's noise, I'm focused on where the noise is coming from because I'm ADD and I have to focus on where the noise is coming from. Right. Um, but once I slowed down, it started naturally happening. It wasn't like a you know big light in the sky or whatever, some big change. I didn't even really notice it, but until after it had happened, but like the first couple of days I was still like, I need to listen to the podcast. I need to listen to this book. I need to listen to this book about quieting down. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I need to put this on my to-do list. Uh, right, exactly. Uh, but I noticed towards the end of the week of vacation, and I don't know when it happened. I don't know if it was day two through five, but it was somewhere in there where I would just like lay in bed and like, even if I was doing something else, like if I was like doing a crossword puzzle on my iPad, typically I have a podcast or book playing while I was doing that. But like, I was enjoying the silence. I was enjoying just being there and not having something playing. And it wasn't 
it wasn't a choice that I made. It wasn't like, I need more silence in my life, so I'm going to do it. It was, hey, we're going on the family vacation, and life just slowed down because we were on vacation. And because things slowed down and my brain slowed down, I guess I just didn't need have this need to have something going all the time or this like I became vacation Taylor and like didn't have this need to check things off where I was just like, I don't have to multitask. I don't have to complete this crossword and be completing this podcast at the same time. I, I can do one or the other and still enjoy it, which is not how I normally live because normally I'm editing a podcast and answering emails on my phone while playing crossword puzzles on my iPad, like all at the same time. Right. So, but I think we fear silence because it makes us, it forces us to be vulnerable and none of us likes to open ourselves up like that. Like if you find yourself, I think I did this last summer, like I was sitting on the back porch, we were at a friend's lake house and I was sitting on the back porch and there's nothing. I was drinking a tea and there was absolutely nothing. And I thought, this is what we fear because our barest selves is is open to the Lord. But I believe too that that is where the greatest change can happen. I mean, I remember it can be it can be 20 minutes, Taylor, that you spend in silence and your relationship deepens. It has the potential to deepen even further with Christ as opposed to if you'd gone and listened to amazing speakers um, or listened to amazing praise and worship. Like I think we crave as humans, I think we crave silence, but we fear it because it forces us to face um, being vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. You're good at this. I like you. Yeah. Like you figure this out. You struggle with the same stuff I do. You just have a, a one it's or a two different years season. of, uh, yeah, it's exactly. just a different season. Uh, two, two last little thoughts from this book. One, one serious one and one funny one. Which one do you want to end with? Which one do you like? Which one oh, do, let's you, do, do you want to do serious first? Do serious. We'll, do, first. we'll, okay. we'll end with funny. Yeah. Okay. So St. Augustine, uh, he, he had a quote that I heard from a different source. Uh, I think it was actually, I was working on catechism a year. So an episode y'all will all hear in three months. Uh, but it was a quote in the catechism from St. Augustine. Uh, and I'm one of the things that I had to do before I left for vacation was finish five episodes of Catechism in a Year. So, like, that was one of the things that I was doing all day Friday before we left on Friday. So it was ironic hearing this. This was in the last episode that I edited before I left for the week. St. Augustine said, We must empty ourselves of all that fills us um, so that we may be filled with what we are empty of. And like that's what you're saying. Like That's kind of what, what you were just mentioning. Of like, we have to empty ourselves of all these things that we fill ourselves up with so that we can be filled with what we are lacking, which is god and how do we get there through vulnerability through prayer through silence through quiet through slowing down right um and then the the, the funny thing was, it was so i'm listening to it while we're driving there and i'm listening to this christian book while trying to slow down uh mentally while trying to speed up in my car and everyone was going way too slow i mean you know how highways of texas is texas is i'm going trying to go i'm trying to go 85 miles an hour and everybody here is going 10 under it's like we cannot get there in 60 miles an hour. Like we're just never get, we'll never get there. Right. Uh, but then we stop at one point. So I'm still kind of on edge. And the first moment that I wasn't really, it made me chuckle so much that I finally, like the edge started going away. So I'm listening to the chapter on like the need for beauty in order to like kind of recenter, right. To like, we need beauty in order to accomplish all the things, these things that we've been talking about. We need, you need to experience beauty. Like, being out on a lake or like by seeing beautiful art or by hearing beautiful music so that we can slow down and just be in the moment that we're in. And I'm listening to that chapter when we stop and I'm in the public bathroom of a gas station <laughs> listening to a podcast about Which beauty. Which is completely and- <laughs> devoid of beauty. 
<laughs> right. And I just look in the mirror. I'm like, this is the, this is very, very funny. So that, that was, uh, those are my thoughts on uh, slowing down. If only, you, if only you'd been in back. a Bucky's bathroom, Taylor. It actually would have been beautiful. Right? It would have <laughs> because been it's a thing of beauty. <laughs> You've really got artwork is. walking into the bathroom. Oh man, Bucky's doesn't even know these back roads in where I was exist. I mean, I don't. You were in East like, Texas, so there was like legitimately a road where they were just like, there used to be a road here. <laughs> Good well, luck. Well, we call <laughs> when we go to this lake house. Um, I joke with my husband. I'm like, it looks like we're driving through the set of Deliverance. Like, this does not look safe. I don't know what's going on here. So, yeah. You I heard of you. Texas Chainsaw Massacre? It it's, happened right around here. Just around the corner. Great. Yeah, exactly. uh, anyway, I'm back from vacation, and I, uh, I I feel like I'm doing a lot better than I was. And uh, f- for some final closure, hopefully, hopefully some closure this week. So, a lot of you have been very, very kind and very, you know, praying for us and stuff th- with with everything with our kids. Our kids had a blast on vacation. Middle child that wasn't broken got to do all the water activities. The other two, we thought they were going to, like, kind of be sad. They couldn't go to the pool or whatever. Like, but they, they took it in stride. We had their own fun. My whole family, everybody would take turns, you know, like, hey, we're going to take the middle one to the pool and we're going to take the other two to go on the boat or go, uh, you know, play putt putt. It, it just all worked out so well. It was a very good week uh, for everybody. Uh, and this this week, the week that this comes out, uh, well, on Tuesday and Thursday, we have our follow up appointments for both of my broken arm kids. So hopefully they'll, they'll redo. They'll read. I mean, they're going to do they are going to redo x-rays and hopefully be able to take the casts off. So we'll, we'll have some closure at some point if they if they don't get to take them off, that at least will be another week or two. So we're getting to the end of it, which is which is very nice. So. Um, we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back uh, for a short little segment. We're going to talk about marriage. Marriage is not what brings us together today, but it is how we're going to close out the day. Don't go anywhere. The brand new season of Sinner Saint Sister, that is Allison Sullivan's podcast, is out now. Season 10 of her podcast. You can listen to it wherever you listen to, to this podcast. But also, it's uh, where it lives on YouTube is on our Forte Catholic channel, youtube.com slash Forte Catholic. You can watch uh, all of her episodes. You don't have to see my face at all on the Forte Catholic channel, which is a huge blessing to everybody. It's Allison and her crew of great guests and her best friend, and it is such a great show. It's one of those shows that I enjoyed listening to before I was even working with it. The first, what, seven seasons I didn't work on at all. Uh, so it, we're really excited. Her season's going very well. People seem to enjoy it, seem to be enjoying it. She talks about motherhood. She talks about being a Christian. She talks about being a woman. She talks about, uh, like, this last episode was on evangelization with one of my good friends, Dr. Alex Gote. So I hope that you check those out uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. The Sinner Saint Sister with Allison Sullivan or on youtube.com slash Forte Catholic. Enjoy. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I'm Taylor Stroll. That is Catherine Whitaker. Uh, I am this evening going to a party, a type of party that I have never been to before. Have you ever heard of a stock the bar party? Are you asking me if I've been or if I've heard of one? No, I'm asking the listeners and I'm waiting for them to respond. <laughs> Well, I didn't know whether you were like, have you been? I've I've been and I've heard of one. Yes. Okay. I so, guess if I've been, I've definitely heard of one, but yes. Well, maybe he didn't remember. <laughs> so, so, fair. Uh, That's fair. I had never heard of this before. So we are a sponsor couple. I, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show. We're currently a sponsor couple for one of my former track athletes and campus ministry kids. He's getting married. And we're uh, my wife and I are the sponsor couple for them. It's the second time we've been a sponsor couple for somebody. As you know, as they're preparing for marriage, they get paired up with a 
uh, marriage that's good or ours. And they're like, hey, here's how we can, uh, you know, they might be able to help or whatever, right? So uh, we're going to their stock the bar party. It's a couple months before the wedding. And what it is, they're going to, they're hosting a party where all their family and friends, especially locally, are going to get together. They're, they're um, catering Whataburger, which is all they had to say to me for me to get there, right? Uh, Done. And our ticket in is they sent out four different bottles of alcohol like a wine a whiskey a rum or whatever right and they're like uh you know we're stocking the bar for the wedding so like our ticket into this party is bringing the alcohol for the next party that we're going to for free so it's a really cool idea and i love this right and uh, it was very funny he was like you know on the list i'm a whiskey guy so he was on the list it was like here's a you know the whiskey was like a 30 dollar bottle of whiskey i was like buddy i'm buying you a much better bottle of whiskey than this he's like well we want it to all be the same for the wedding. I was like, okay, then fine. I'm buying you a nice one and we'll drink it tonight. So, <laughs> so uh, we're, yeah, we're going to whiskey, stock- whiskey ranges from like 20 to several hundred dollars. It's like um, whiskey. And th- those are my teenagers knocking on the door. They're going to have to figure out how to open it on their own. But um, especially because you're talking about your thoughts on whiskey. <laughs> no, this is my, this is my 22 year old. So I'm sure Uh-oh. he knows all about whiskey <laughs> supposedly. Um, oh, that's so fun. So which, do you have a favorite whiskey? I do. I like uh, I like all the Glens. So like Glen Livet, Glen Fittich, all those. Okay, that's my favorite. Okay, they're very smooth. I don't like smoky. Uh, like I don't like drinking a campfire. <laughs> I like drinking whiskey. So I like the Glen. It's very smooth. Very very smooth. Um, but so we're getting to the end of like our time of being the sponsor couple because we we just had our second to last like meeting that we're going to have with them. And we met with like our priest who is really cool. Like our priest is awesome. I've, I've talked about him before. He came and spent two and a half hours with us at our house. We had dinner. We talked about marriage. It was like, we talked about some fun things. We talked about some very serious things. It was just a really cool for him to be there. And it's our second to last meeting with the couple before they get married. And, uh, they both had some thank yous for us because like, we've been going through this process together and like they picked us cause they know us. And we're not like cookie cutter catechesis people. And I feel like the process that they told us to go through was cookie cutter catechesis stuff. <laughs> so right. they gave us some videos and they are, how do I put this lightly? Uh, utterly terrible. They're uh, they're absolutely terrible. These videos that they want us to watch for the, the marriage prep. No, and they so are like, not good. like they're bad quality, but also it's just like super awkward. And you can tell like. It's just so easy to tell when people are lying. So they're like every video is this married. It's, it's a new married couple where all they say is that everything is perfect and we've done everything perfectly. And she's made my life a huge blessing. And like our lives are always perfect and we're, we're perfect for each other and everything's always great. And we have all become better Catholics and our kids are all, they make 101 on everything out of a hundred and they, they've never broken a bone. They've never broken their arm. They, we've never had any strife or any struggle and everything's perfect and we're perfect and you all suck. And I'm like, they're so annoying. It's so annoying. And so one of the things that they said, like, we stopped watching the videos like three weeks in because we're like, they, they're they just terrible. So we're just like, we're just going to talk and share about our marriage, the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Because the vows that we take assume that things are going to be half and half for better or worse, good, bad, for richer or poor, good, bad. Like, like so we have to like prepare people for the sacrament 
for the good and bad, not just this fake cookie cutter crap of well, not not just good and bad, or also just mundane and boring, which is not right. bad nor good, right. but it's reality. Right? No, they're ordinary they're time. <laughs> Most of our year <laughs> is of, ordinary time. <laughs> a lot of ordinary time. Yeah, I mean, I think that those are. We used to do so the not that you do like family life. We used to have our sponsor couples come. 30 minutes. So normally we would meet from like seven to nine or whatever it was. We would have them come at six 30 because normally when they were coming at about seven o'clock, we were starting to send our kids. This is when the kids were little, we were starting to send the kids to bed. So we wanted them to be there for the chaos. And inevitably every time they would sit on the couch and watch the absolute mayhem of like finishing up dinner, bath time, bedtime, all this stuff. And we would walk out and they would just look like deer in the headlights. They would just right. be sitting there. We're like, Welcome to family life. That was, that was and, our NFP class. <laughs> yeah. And so now we're done. <laughs> but it was such a good, and, and we always waited. That was like not three. So we were like halfway through. So they had sort of gotten into this, oh, this is normal. We're going to come. The kids are asleep. The house is quiet. And they were like, no, this is actually what's happening before you walk in the door. And uh, couples need to see that. I actually think it sets them up longer term for better communication and just a better idea of what marriage is really like as opposed to like, oh, we're going to do this little website on the knot and everything's going to be amazing. And we're going to walk and go to Hawaii for our honeymoon. And it's just going to be amazing. I'm sure it will be, but it won't be amazing all the time. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like literally driving to our honeymoon, we drove, it's supposed to be like a six to maybe seven hour drive from San Antonio to new Orleans. And we were stuck in a car in stopped traffic on I 10 until like 11 30, yeah. 12 o'clock at night. Like, so we weren't in our best moods by the end of the evening. And that was night two of being married, you know, like things happen, you know. Um, but it, it was it was cool because like one of the things that they said is that like because the priest asked, it's like, what have y'all gotten out of this process? Like, what has the sponsor couple given you guys? And like they looked at us and they both said essentially the same thing of like, we picked y'all because we you were real people and we appreciate mm-hmm. that this has been a real process and not like cookie cutter crap. Like th- it, it's yeah. funny. We talked, we talked in the last segment about how similar you and I are. This is where we are different. Uh, you scheduled in a time for them to enter the chaos. They entered the chaos every time they stepped foot in our house. And we only ever met at our house because the, we have so much chaos and they would step in like, you know, their kids are half naked running around and just, whatever. Y'all go over there. We're going to be over here. You know, so. <laughs> Uh, well, we still keep in touch with our spot. Like we did sponsor couple as an engaged couple and we still keep in touch with them. And it's been 27, 28 years since we did sponsor couple. I'm surprised they're still alive. They're ki- they had like, <laughs> they had two kids. Now they have five. So they were good. They still live in the same house. Like they're in college station actually is where we did all of our marriage prep, but really? they're a pretty great couple. Yeah. So they were younger than y'all. <laughs> they were your marriage sponsor couple. Oh. <laughs> uh, they were they were like a baby couple, and now they're like they're such a good mentor couple for us. They always have been, and um, yeah, I mean we've done ten, we've done ten sponsor couples. I think we still keep in touch with about seven of them. So pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so you since y'all have been a sponsor couple multiple times once again i you know today's show has been taylor has some insights that Catherine had 25 years ago and it's perfected so uh we're gonna keep that going here with this we i feel like i've been fig- figuring it out with our second couple but y'all have done 10 so like what are the what, top one two three things that you would tell 
uh, you know, a, an engaged couple or a couple that it, you know are thinking about getting engaged, like what? How do you talk about marriage? What are the things that they need to know going into this process before they get married? Well, we always encourage them to schedule time um, for dates. Like I think it's easier to do when you're newly married um, because you don't have children. And then when ch- children enter the picture or maybe a really stressful job enters the picture, that if you don't schedule time to send with one another, um, you are going to lose your connection. Um, there's a lot of, I think, studies that will tell you that communication is important. But I think when when you have scheduled time, and sometimes, quite frankly, Taylor, that was like us at 7.30 or 8 o'clock at night, we would put the kids to bed and we, like Scott would cook a nice dinner and we would just have a dinner in our dining room. But it was still was time that we had scheduled to really, like, really be present to one another. So I think that's a, a big one. Um, I think it's important to do a ministry together in your church and a ministry apart in your church, because I think it's important to get engaged in the community as a couple, but also believe that there are some things that only I can talk about with other women that help me become a better wife. And it's not like I'm going to bash my husband, but it's also like, hey, I'm really struggling with this thing, or this is really hard. Does anybody else like feel like that? And how do we work through that? And Scott needed time with just the guys. So I think this individual time apart is good because, yes, you're a couple, but you don't lose your whole identity. Like You still have a whole store of gifts and talents and abilities that need to be shared with the world. Two become and, one until uh, Saturday night, and they become two again. <laughs> Get out! Go and do your own thing with the boys and the girls. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, no kidding. Um, and, oh man, there's so many things. I think ultimately your marriage is your marriage. I think we sometimes, and I and I see it more with the advent of social media, that we start to look at couples maybe that we admire, and instead of using them as maybe, oh, I really admire that about them, or using them as a mentor couple, we start to compare our season of life with their very different season of life, and it becomes detrimental to our own marriage. So I'd say like keep your eyes on your own paper, okay? Focus on your marriage, what you're working through, and um. Don't believe the lie that somebody else that looks like their marriage is all together hasn't gone through you know what to get there, or it could all just be thought. So I would say not put don't put too much stock into what other couples are doing. Like keep your eyes on your own paper and, and focus on what you need to do in your own marriage, and um, and just use those couples as good mentors maybe, but don't compare a dissimilar season to yours because it's not helpful in the long run. That's my. Yeah, that's one of the ones. That's one of the ones that's been like that last one is one of the big ones for me too because it's like I I feel like especially whether it's videos like the ones that we're asking us to live or like every marriage ministry I've ever been to it it all seems so very fake to me the real mm-hmm. marriage advice and like people that I aspire to are people whose marriages I know in real life because I I aspire to be like them because they've been together for. 20 something years and they have lived life together and I've heard the good things. I've heard some bad things and like it's more real. It's more tangible and it's more attainable. It's like, it's like, Oh no. Cause like I can, I I can remember like being engaged and being like, Oh, this couple prays the every liturgy of the hour together every day. And it's like, I don't know. I have a job, man. You know, like I, I, I can't do that. So it's like, it's, it's this feeling of like, I'm never going to be good enough, you know, right. where it's just like, we had to realize like in our marriage that our marriage is our marriage because we do some things like where you could look, there's certain things in our marriage where you can be like, they are the most traditional marriage and like traditional, like archetypal roles and then you think that and then all of a sudden my wife is mowing the lawn. You're like, wait a second. This is different than what I expected. And then like, there's just a lot of stuff where we're very typical and then we're very 
not typical. And and like and it's like half and half. We're like 50-50 very typical like traditional marriage roles and then 50% where we're not. And we've had to figure that out and I think other people have to too. It's like I don't know, man, like maybe the husband in your marriage does isn't allergic to literally everything outside. So maybe he shouldn't be the one mowing the lawn, you know, like what uh-huh. what works for you guys? Are you going to do everything together? Are you a more divide and conquer? Like what, how, how are you going to, to accomplish this task, this task, this task, you know? Um, and are you and happy? Like thing, I, I see too many couples, yeah. Taylor, that are like, they're just miserable. And I think that's not why people get married. Like you, you become married to become a better version of yourself and hopefully in the process, get your spouse to heaven. But also it can be a really joyful, yes, it's trying and it's hard and it takes work every day, but there should be, there should be a lot of joy in your relationship. Just thinking of like your best friend, like you don't call up your best friend. You're like, this person's a horrible person, but I guess I'll call him anyway. Like you spend time with them because you love being around. That to me. I don't do that to you. <laughs> Maybe I'm not your best friend though. But uh, but I think that there should be some joy there in the same way that there should be joy in being a Christian. You should not be, you know, mean or ugly or vile because that's not what God calls us to. And, and the same is true in our relationship with our spouse. Yeah. Uh, the last thing is from this book that I've probably talked about on the show uh, periodically before, but it's uh, another I'm, here. Here I am on a Catholic podcast promoting two books by non-Catholics. Oh, no. Uh, but huh. I think the best are we like being a sponsored couple because we weren't even offered the chance to have a sponsored couple and we did almost nothing for our marriage mm-hmm. prep. Like Sam and I joke with every with every both these couples that we've done this with. It's like, I think we have every grounds for an annulment that we need because no one told us what marriage was. So we didn't understand it. So therefore we have grounds for an annulment, you know. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> that's our that's our joke to open up our marriage prep with these other guys. Uh, but what we so because we didn't have like court appointed uh marriage prep we like did it on our own and one of the one of the books that was recommended to us that we found was this this protestant doctor and his wife helped him with the book called um love and respect not love and responsibility that's john paul ii everybody thinks i'm talking about that i'm not i'm talking about a protestant couple uh but dr emerson egerix who sounds like a character out of a dr seuss book or something um but it's called love and respect and i I won't get into all of it, but essentially the biggest thing that I found was that there's layers to this, but I'm going to give you the overview. Essentially there's this, this cycle. If the husband is in a bad mood and says something mean to the wife, what's her most likely response to do something mean or like not, or just something disrespectful or mean or what, whether it's to the husband or like, I'm just not going to unload the dishwasher because he doesn't respect me. So then she's going to say something and kind of mouth off to him. And then what is he going to do? Well, I'm not feeling respected or loved. So I'm going to, go go out to the bar without telling her and go drink or whatever and then she's so there's this cycle of like one person was just having a bad day and then all of a sudden everybody's angry at each other right where it's like somebody Mm -hmm. has to break the cycle because all it takes is one person like me if i feel disrespected by my wife it just all it takes is for me to do something loving to her despite the disrespectful action and it breaks the cycle or vice versa, mm-hmm. where if if I do something super disrespectful to her, she has answered multiple times with love, either with words or with actions or whatever. Right. One of us has to break the cycle and it's not going to be the same person every time. Like it's been me mm-hmm. a lot and it's been her probably a lot more over the course of the 11 years we've been together. But 
that like are human like you can feel it well up like when somebody says something mean to you or like you ask somebody hey can you pick the kids up from school and then it's four o'clock and they didn't pick the kids up from school like you're not going to be in your best mood so you're probably going to say something rude right somebody has to stop that cycle at some point and be the quote-unquote better person at the moment and realize that it's going to be a different person in depending on whether it's a tuesday or the next thursday or the next friday when this when these things bubble up yeah i yeah i can think of a lot of times that we've looked at one another and we know that like something's brewing and i'll be like you know what i can't talk about this right now because i'm going to say something that i'm going to regret so i'm going to go take a bath and i'll see you in 30 minutes like we've gotten to the point now (laughs) that solves a lot too Anyway, um, <laughs> but that's yeah, a, I, that's some other marriage think, advice we may or may not give. <laughs> that's another podcast. You're not, I'm not your person for that one, yeah. but um, <laughs> I'm already turning red. Um, but yeah, I think that um, you can definitely, you start to, you start to be able to read each other better. And it's just, it kind of goes back to that vulnerability part. Like, are you going to let your spouse see the real side of you? You know, like, are you, are you going to be completely transparent, honest with them with love? Um, Because if you're just going to be a facade of who you are, it's never going to work. You have to, because disagreement is a part of a normal, healthy relationship. If you're not fighting in your marriage, you're not doing it right. Because, um, People are unique and they encounter challenges and we're human and we, we react times in a healthy way. And so when your spouse calls you to task, you should be able to talk through that instead of getting defensive and walking away. I always tell people the best thing we ever did for our marriage was go to counseling. Um, it changed the trajectory of our marriage. So big fan of that. But I think that there are lots of ways that we can communicate better with our spouses and break that cycle. So now I gave my, I gave my Catholic advice. I gave my Protestant advice, and now we're going to take one more step, and I'm going to give my non-Christian advice for marriage. You ready for this? Go for it. You said that we should love things together, do things together, love things together. Not not all things, just some things. I I think you should find things to hate together. It's very fun (laughs) to hate things or people together. If you unite on that and just you're able to bicker about stuff together behind closed doors, there's nothing Uh, like that. There's no other person that you can do that with behind closed doors in the in the walls of your own house. Just find something. It's a TV show, a person, uh, uh, the dog next door, whatever you can do. Just find something to hate together. It draws you together in ways that nothing else does. (laughs) I'm trying to think what Scott and I both hate. Well, the the dogs that used to live behind us, we hated those dogs. Every state, not Texas. <laughs> Hardcore hated those dogs. And I'm yeah. a dog lover, but I hated these dogs. Yeah. They were they were um bull bull mastiffs and they tore through our fence seventeen times. They I feel like, like that's they're ju- seventeen feet tall. Bull I feel mastiffs. like this is I feel like that was a justified hate. So yeah, now yeah. that you say that, we equally hated those dogs. Well, I was if you not can't sad think of things moved. that y'all hate together. Maybe you need to take that. Maybe I that, need to take that maybe to that prayer. Was just for you. You and you and Scott need to find something Got to it. hate together. Uh, well, that's our show. We gave our very good, our it. okay, and then our terrible marriage advice. Uh, but this was good. It was good catching up with you. It's it's good to be back. It's good to be back uh, publishing podcasts because I didn't do that last week because I was enjoying myself. So it was very very good. So. Uh, I'm Taylor Stroll. That is Catherine Whitaker. I'll be back next week. She'll be back in a month. See ya!
Thank you guys for watching, listening to today's show. I paused playing Fortnite with my son so that I could record these commercials. So I'm going to go play Fortnite with him now. I hope that you guys are enjoying your summer. If you did like today's show, please hit subscribe, share it with a friend that you think might enjoy this conversation. We'll see you soon. Peace.